Well, my name is Jerica. If we haven't had the chance to meet, I am excited to be with you today. I have really enjoyed our time in the past couple of weeks in this torn series. So this means a few messages all kind of go together where we talk about how Jesus was torn. He was uh, conflicted with different emotions. And David started a couple weeks ago. He's one of our pastors and he spoke on the determination of Jesus. And then John spoke on anger. And then last week, our youth pastor Reed, he spoke on betrayal, how Jesus was betrayed. He knew that he was gonna be betrayed by his friends. And today, I get to talk to you, and I, I kind of already feel it, um, about the burden that Jesus felt. You, you might not know this, but Jesus was going through some stuff that made him feel burdened. So I'm really, um, I wasn't, but I am excited to talk to you about this, about the emotions and the feelings that Jesus was experiencing. He had this duality, this conflict of emotions. And as I've spent time reading the scriptures around this and around the certain messages that we've been focusing on, I have um, a new, actually it's not new, it's a refreshed appreciation for Jesus. I appreciate the realness and the humanity of Jesus. Maybe you don't know, but Jesus was actually a man and he was a human and he dealt with things that we as humans deal with. So I enjoyed this renewed uh, understanding of Jesus. And it's not a, I don't believe it's a coincidence, but I've had just a really challenging week, maybe even two weeks. Personally, um, I was not feeling it, wasn't feeling this moment, wasn't really excited to share in this moment with you all. It had just been challenging. And I spoke with a good friend of mine and uh, he encouraged me to kind of push through that. And actually, I'm gonna get back to that. I, would, I wanna talk to you about something before I even get there. We are just a couple weeks away from what? Do you know? Easter. So I'm really excited about that and I had to share with you. That's why it was important enough to pause and I'll come back to that. But Easter is a few weeks away. This is the most perfect time to read and understand Jesus because we can kind of walk through his last days together and kind of experience what he experienced up into his death. So Easter, just a couple weeks away. You, you might know this, but Easter and Christmas are different things. My daughter thinks they're kind of the same thing. Um, they're different. Very, both, both of them are very exciting. And both of those holidays, people feel a bit more comfortable coming to church. It's Christmas, so I can go to church. It's Easter, so I can go to church. So I want us to take advantage of that. I want us to invite someone. I know who I'm gonna invite, so who are you gonna invite? Bring somebody with you. I could tell you service times, but I'm sure I will get them mixed up. But we have some on Saturday, some on Easter Sunday. So just look online, figure out which one you wanna come to, figure out which one you're gonna bring a friend to. Uh, also, there's a lot of us in here who come every single week. We love this church, we love Jesus. So for all of you, I ask you to help me and all of those who will be visiting for the first time make this be a great Easter. So we need you, and this is my unapologetic 
ask that you serve with us Easter weekend. There's four different chances for you to serve. You can help make coffee so everybody can have a yummy drink when they're here. You can hold a door so all those mamas with babies can just walk in and not have to worry about the door. You can help teach a wonderful Bible lesson. You can even clean up. There's so many options. So I would love for you to reach out to me if you have any sort of like, maybe I could do that. Email me. That's probably horrible now. I mean, I hope I get like 700 emails. That'd be awesome. But if you are interested in that, please just reach out to me. I'll connect you to the right person. I will get you plugged in because Easter is a big enough deal to all jump in, right? A few of you believe Easter's a big deal. Hey, I know we just prayed, but I'm gonna just do one more time. I'm gonna pray and ask Jesus to just come on in take away some of my, my nerves and give me great words for you. So can you just pray with me? God, I'm grateful for your word and how you use it to speak to us, how you use somebody like me to speak your words. God, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for Jesus, who we are gonna learn here in just a minute, was a really good example for us. So God, um, allow us to see him in this next few moments. And God, I am thankful seems weird. I'm thankful for our emotions and what they share with us and how they point us to you. So God, use this message to draw us closer to you. Amen. So back to what I was saying, how I didn't want to be right here uh, talking to you. I do want to talk to you, but I'd rather just like go to Skyline or get a coffee and talk. But I was talking with John, one of our pastors, who happens to be like my boss. So I, I went up and told him, I think Laura was there too. She was standing there too. And I was like, hey, John, I thought I could just like drop this and walk away. I was like, hey, John, I'm not going to preach on April 3rd. You can do it. You'll do really good. I know you've got great stuff to share. And just like thought he would just leave it at that. But he was like, no, what are you saying? He does that. To me. What are you saying? You're not going to preach on April 3rd. I said, I'm not doing it. Just not going to do it. Don't want to. Doesn't really sound fun to me. Not something I want to do. <laughs> and I, um, because he's my boss, when he was like, you actually are going to do it. I thought, okay, I better, I better wrap my mind around this. I'm, I'm not getting out of this. Uh, but after talking with him, some of you know, after talking with him and getting down to it, I started to realize, you know what? I can do this. And I do have, thank you. I do have a message to share. I do have a story of hope that I can pass on. I, I do kind of understand Jesus and I am kind of close to him. I can share what he's doing in my life. And when I got down to why I actually didn't want to do it, it was ridiculous. It's because I cared about what you all thought of me. I cared, I cared about what you thought of me more than I cared about the message that God has given me to share. So that's not healthy, y'all, by the way, but that's what, I, that's what I was walking through. And so after talking to trusted friends, I realized I have a story, I have a message, and I can share it. And I also realized there are how many of us in this room who all have a story also, who all have a message of hope that they can share. And you have to know that it is not the pastor's job to just share these. We have John, we have David, we have Reed, we have me, but we have all of us who can share a story. God has moved and worked through all of our lives. So we have a bunch of pastors who can go share Jesus. So 
That's, that's what I got out of this time. So thanks for letting me just process that with you. Um, <laughs> so sharing, sharing what God is doing through my life, I didn't, I didn't really wanna do it, but I really am grateful for the nudge, for the push to trust God's plan for my life and to follow him when he's saying, you can do this, you can do this. Um, our message today is about Jesus being torn. And Jesus was a son, remember that, who had a father. So this son is in desperate need for his dad to help him. Many of us in this room have parents. And many of us probably have had a time in our life when we needed help. Mom, help me. Dad, I just need some help here. Maybe we have spiritual parents in our life when we just need help. Jesus is a son who needed help from his father. We're gonna, we're gonna hear too that Jesus was anxious and stressed, afraid, not looking forward to death and being separated from God. Jesus felt great sorrow when he looked at what was coming. Jesus, we're gonna hear, asked for a way out. He's gonna ask his father, is there any other way? I don't wanna do this. But Jesus follows God's will for his life. Jesus understood that God had a plan and Jesus understood that God could see the big picture. Jesus was torn for sure, but yet he was honest with his feelings. And I wanna ask you, are you honest with your feelings? Are you honest with the questions and the fears and the doubts that you have? I don't know. I ask many of you, when I walk past you in the hallway, how you doing and what do you say? Good, most of you say good, Some, somebody said fine. So I walk past you, I might not even look at you in the face, I might be like, hey, how you doing? And just keep going and I hope you say good because if you say bad, I'm gone. Uh, but we do this I, and I can say, why do we do this? But I know why we do this because either we think they don't have time to hear all the stuff I'm going through or they don't even wanna hear, they're just trying to be polite. Or the other way around, uh, like, I don't want to share with you exactly how I'm feeling. That's going to take too much time. Or like, let me get out the list. But so I understand why we do this. But we're, we're probably lying when we say good and keep on going, right? There's, there's a few of us that um, might actually mean that. But I feel like if we remain like surface level with those, with actually how we're feeling and kind of dismissive, that we're not able to communicate with each other the way God has asked us to. Maybe as far as saying, we're not even able to pastor and love each other the way God has designed for us to when we just say, good, and keep on walking. Maybe though, Maybe you actually do feel good. So I don't want to like slap all y'all who are like, but I do feel good. So when you ask me, like despite my circumstances and despite what life's thrown at me, I feel good. I would put myself in this category. So for the hundreds of you that I said that to today, I wasn't lying. Um, that is the perspective that I've chosen. I've chosen to see life as good despite my circumstances. I was talking with a friend too about I am like a glass half full kind of girl, like glass is half full. And he was like, no, you're not. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Yes, I am. And he's like, Jer, you're, you are glass is full. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So 
I, I had to think about that. I'm hard on myself, so I'm like, I don't know. But it's true. I have chosen to see my glass as full and even sometimes overflowing, and that's messy, but my glass is full and it's overflowing. And I have to tell you the only reason the only reason I'm able to say that my glass is full is because of Jesus. So we as a church, as the collective church, we oftentimes, when people are feeling down, we oftentimes want to cheer them up, don't we? Like even me, I'm like, come on, your glass is full. It's not empty. We always try to encourage people and that's great. I'm going to challenge us a bit today. Those moments when we want to encourage somebody with scripture, because there's lots of scripture that's encouraging, you know, like Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. I think it even says like, maybe it's something else, but again, I say rejoice. Philippians 4.6, be anxious for nothing. Matthew chapter six says, don't worry about tomorrow. You know, and the list goes on and on and on of all of those little one-liners that I'm sure we have plastered in our home. But why, when someone's not feeling it, when someone's down, why is that our first response? Don't worry about anything, God's got this. Or don't be anxious, don't worry about tomorrow. Like, I'm not sure that first response, our first response being that is the most helpful. There's some of you in this room, your child has died. It's not helpful when someone says, count your blessings. Some of you in this room have lost a spouse. I know it's not helpful when they say, oh, God's gonna work out everything for the good. That's not helpful. Some of you in this room, some of you who are a part of this community have hurt me more than you've helped me by saying things like that. So sometimes those encouraging statements are not what people need in the moment of their deep, painful emotions. Because there are moments in our life when it's too much to bear. I just keep trying to feel like there's something on me because sometimes life is too heavy for us to bear. So it's not helpful to do that. Um, but today I will share with you, there are some helpful things we can do. And I'm really grateful for that. There are some helpful things we can do for others and we can do for ourselves when we're feeling those emotions that are just overbearing. We can look to Jesus to see what he did. We can look to Jesus for our example. Um, we can see what he did when he himself was overwhelmed emotionally. So if you have your Bible, I'm gonna read from Matthew 26. If you wanna follow along with me, I think it's helpful um, to know where in the Bible this is coming from. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. You can follow along with me. But I'm gonna set it up a bit before I read in here. Um, if you were with us last week, Reed shared this story about betrayal and how Jesus was having a meal with his friends, right? Jesus was having a meal with his friends. He knew that betrayal was coming. I'm also trying to put myself in Jesus's situation and think too, what else was he feeling? He's having a meal. He's trying to lead, but also like he knows what's coming. Have you ever been at like a dinner and you know you have to talk about something hard, but you're like, maybe I'll eat first. But then you just keep feeling like, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Maybe I'll just have a drink and then I'll be able to do it. Or you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's coming. You get hot and you, your cheeks are red and 
Is it just me? But you know how that feels when you have to, you know something's coming. So Jesus, I have to believe, had all of these emotions that were just coming up. Let's read what happens. In Matthew 26, it says, Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Jesus, he went on a little further and he bowed his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done. If you look in the book of Luke, another verse, it says, that Jesus, he prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of spirit that sweat fell from him to the ground like drops of blood. I'm not a doctor, surprise, but I have heard that this is like a thing where you can be in so much pain and agony and distress that sweat comes out of you, like, or blood comes out of you like sweat. Jesus was in some serious pain, like emotional pain, physical pain, clearly, that he was sweating drops of blood. This overwhelmed, emotionally overwhelmed son of God. Did you realize that the son of God himself was emotionally overwhelmed? So while he's sweating blood, face down, praying to the Father, emotionally overwhelmed, do you think his friends were like, hey, Jesus, don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus, rejoice in yourself always. Like, no. His friends were not doing that. His friends were not throwing words of encouragement. In fact, if you keep reading, like, they were asleep. But more on that. But Jesus, the son of God himself, was emotionally overwhelmed and distressed, crushed. Like when something's crushed, it's like on the ground crushed. He was crushed. So if you came in here today, I know some of your stories. If you came in here today emotionally overwhelmed, you are crushed. Jesus is not saying, chin up. Get up, it's all right, rejoice in the Lord always. Jesus is not saying, don't feel like that. Instead, he's saying, I understand how you feel. Jesus understands how we feel. He's a relatable Jesus. He's a Jesus who has walked paths that we are walking. It's really important that we understand Jesus in this way. It's really important that we remember Jesus in this way. He felt those really difficult emotions that as a seven on the Enneagram, I won't even mention, but you know, I'll have to, I guess I'll mention them. Anger, sadness, despair, all of the yuckies. He experienced those. And we oftentimes, and I, I know I'm not speaking for myself, shove our emotions and our feelings down. We just shove them down, shove them down. Shove them down, shove them down, shove them down. Until eventually, eventually they spill out of us. We can't shove them down anymore. At times, we allow our emotions to get the best of us. 
I know we do this. I've been going to church with y'all for a while. I know we do this. We either, on one side of the stage, we indulge in our emotions. We just like, what I feel is what I feel. And that's where we stay. And the other side, we just avoid our emotions. So where, where are you at? You, do you avoid or do you indulge? You know, for our indulgers, we don't feel like doing anything today. So we're just gonna stay put in bed. We're gonna neglect all that needs to be done. We don't really feel like it matters if we go to church. So we're not. We don't feel like we have anything to offer our neighbors or this world, so we just don't. I don't really feel like I love you anymore, so I'm gonna end this relationship. I don't feel like, I don't feel like we indulge in those feelings. So much so that sometimes they impact what's ahead of us. And Jesus, he himself, he didn't allow those emotions of the moment to have lasting consequences. Jesus did not allow the emotions of the moment to have lasting consequences. And I know that we are far from Jesus because we allow our emotions of the moment to have lasting consequences. Jesus felt crushed by the thought of being separated from his father, from dying. He felt like he didn't wanna do it. But I'm thankful, and I know there's some of us here today that are thankful he did not indulge in that feeling and that he got up and he did what God had planned for him. Because that's why we get to celebrate Easter, right? Think about that. I've been trying to understand emotions better. Many of you who are close to me would probably say, yeah, you're an emotional girl. High highs, low lows, you're laughing one minute, crying the next, annoyed right in the middle, somebody, like all over the place, right? So I'm trying to understand emotions and how, oh, especially as I raise a four-year-old who's filled with them, raging with them, I'm trying to understand this. So I'm, you know, I'm reading what God has to say about it. I'm talking to our youth pastors because as I try to understand children and students better, I look to them, they're the experts. And here's what Reed, our youth pastor said when I said, Reed, give me like a one-liner on emotions. What do you want everyone to know? Reed said this, we must be aware of and manage our emotions. Our emotions and our feelings will determine how successful we are at work, with our families, in our relationships. We believe that emotions are the thread that holds most things in our life together. And you know, we believe that Jesus was a great example of managing and being aware of his emotions. Another way, as I try to learn about emotions, another way that this has helped me click has been this reminder that our emotions are a gauge. They're, they're like kind of like a little warning light. You ready for this? So uh, I think about cars, which you're probably like, you think about cars? Not really. I thought about a car. <laughs> I know nothing about cars. I'll put that out there. Um, and when you're in a car and you're driving it, something ain't right, a little light flashes, right? Or maybe it stays, I don't know. It's like that check engine light. So are, are some of you like me, when that pops on, you call somebody. I probably call some of you in here. Hello, help me, my check engine light's on, what do I do? You know? Or you're like my sweet friend Kayla, who's over there. She just like, will ignore it. 
I talked to her about this. We just ignore it. We ignore things that happen in our cars. We just keep on going. It's going to be all right until your car blows up, right? <laughs> and you literally are still using a loaner car because your car is getting footworked on. So I did talk to her about this. We were on our way to dinner one night, and we, I said, I'm going to use you. And she just was like, okay. Uh, we talked about it, but we really did have like a click moment. We're like, this is kind of how our emotions are. They, they are... A, alarming us. They're letting us know that something ain't right underneath or, hey, maybe you need to focus on that. Maybe you need to put some oil in that. Um, you, you, this light. And she and I talked about our emotions and how when that goes unchecked, your car's going to blow up. We're experiencing some of that, right? Like our life kind of seems like it's blowing up because we're not dealing with those emotions. Um, Kayla, thank you for letting me share your, <laughs> your story. <laughs> um, our emotions are just like that little light. We got to pay attention to them. And this is where it gets really good because I'm going to get to like actual Jesus and what he did. Um, he gives us some steps. He gives us some steps on what we can do when that light's going off and when our emotions are getting the best of us. So if we look at Matthew 26, verse 38, Here's where, where we will find our first lesson. Jesus told his friends how he was feeling. He said, my soul is crushed with grief, even to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So what's the first thing Jesus teaches us? To share how you're feeling with someone and ask them to be with you. Jesus shared with his friends how he was feeling and said, be with me. So who is one person that you can ask that question to? Who can you say, hey, will you be with me? Here's how I'm feeling. Can you be with me? If they're with you right now, listening to this message, really easy. Just hit them. And that's your sign of like, I need you to be with me. Eventually, I'll get to sharing with you how I feel, but I need you to be with me. No, but seriously, who can you reach out to? Uh, we are often on our phones anyway during church, so just go ahead and send them a text. <laughs> I am. I mean, I, John like, is probably playing Wordle. I'm on Instagram or something. But seriously, reach out to someone. Jesus did. Jesus asked somebody to be with him. What makes you think you can't? He wasn't weak. We have to remember that Jesus was not weak. He was vulnerable. And oftentimes we think that's the same thing, that if you're vulnerable, then you're, you're weak. No, that's not true. Jesus was not weak, but he was vulnerable. He was willing to share his honest emotions and his honest feelings. So why don't you? That's, it gets me fired up really, because I don't, like, I don't like to do this necessarily. It's not always fun to share with people how you're actually feeling. But, but if I don't, what I've learned is that I'm destructive to myself and to others around me when I just keep it in. Can you girls attest? I'm just destructive when I keep it in to myself. I'll do things that aren't good. So why do we think that we can do this on our own. I have to think about when I'm preparing something like this, okay, Jer, where has this played in your life? And the, the best example I can share with you is not a fun one, but we're a little over a year, a little over a year ago, my husband died. Young, died. Here I am. In that moment, 
I didn't really know what I needed. <sighs> Who does? Who knows what you need when you're 28 and your husband dies? You don't know. I did know I didn't need another casserole. I didn't need, sometimes wanted, but didn't need another gift card or another check. What I needed in that moment was people to be with me. Many of you did that. Many of you were with me. A really good example that comes to mind is my dad. He was with me. He knew another $20 bill, dollar bill wasn't gonna help or another whatever. He just came, he sat, he actually endured many of episodes of Survivor as I had committed to finishing all 4,000 seasons. <laughs> he sat there, occasionally falling asleep, but he was there. My mom, not sure what to do, she was there, cleaning here and there. My friends, unsure what to provide for me, they were just there. I needed somebody to just sit there. And I... Think back on the times when my dad would fall asleep or my friends weren't there. And as I read this scripture, if you continue to read it, you'll read that Jesus' friends fell asleep. And then he goes and prays and he comes back and he's like, get up. No, he doesn't say that. But he is like, you fell asleep again. That's how I interpret it. Uh, these moments when my friends are asleep and here I am alone, those were really powerful moments. Those were the moments when God and I, I feel like completed what needed to be completed. He and I began um, my process of healing and my process of accepting what happened. I'm just saying there's some moments when your friends can get you somewhere, but you need to take the next step alone with God. So many times we should invite people into our journey. We should have community and fellowship and friends, but there are going to be moments when you and God need to do the work. So don't discount those moments. I know that I have been able to build a stronger connection with Jesus in those moments. Another lesson that Jesus teaches us comes from verse 39. It's when he says, if this is possible, take this cup of suffering away from me. Not my will, God, but yours be done. So our second lesson is that Jesus aligned his feelings with what God wanted for his life. Jesus prioritized his faith in God over his feelings. He aligned them with what he knew to be true. Jesus falls on his face. I could do that right now, but I won't. Jesus falls on his face and is praying, God, I don't want to do this. But if this is what you want for me, I'll do it. Jesus' feelings took him to the Father. Where do your feelings take you? Jesus' feelings took him to the Father. Where do your feelings take you? On a bad day, my feelings take me away from all of those who love me and who are close to me. My feelings, I isolate. My feelings often cause me to disengage, to become extremely sarcastic, and I criticize everything. That's where my feelings take me. Where do your feelings take you? Jesus had maybe a one-up on us when it came to this. Jesus already had these natural rhythms 
where he retreated or where he was just alone with the Father. Jesus already spent much time in prayer connecting with God. So of course, when crap hit the fan, that's where he went. We try everything else because we don't have those things in place. We don't have those disciplines or those rhythms of connecting with God in the good and in the bad. So of course, when our life gets messy, he's not our first person we go to. He's quite honestly, usually the last. So where do your feelings take you? Jesus's feelings took him to God. The third lesson that we learn from Jesus is this. He released his emotions to God. He poured it out there. He gave it to God. He released them. When was the last time that you honestly poured your heart out to God? I've heard some of us pour our hearts out to each other. But when was the last time you honestly shared with God the deep feelings and emotions that you were experiencing? I want to remind you or inform you that God wants this from us. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to bring these things to him. He tells us in his word to do that. And I'm learning that God can only redeem in our lives what we release. God can only redeem what we release. God can only heal what we hand over. We're not handing things over. We're not releasing them. We are holding them. We experience a lot of emotions within a life of life lived or heck, a day lived. We experience a lot of emotions. So I don't want us to get trapped because sometimes we can. It's like we're wrapped up, we're stuck, we can't go anywhere, we're just stuck in our emotions. I don't want us to get stuck. I don't want us to just focus on the feelings that we have and be stuck. I want us to focus on the emotions that we're holding on to. So we are going to have emotions, big, small, in between. Don't focus on the emotions that you have. Focus on the emotions that you're holding on to, that you're gripping. So what feelings are you holding on to? I'm not going to be able to tell you. I might be able to tell you if they're spilling out. But what emotions are you holding on to? Emotions from like November 2019 when like election stuff was going on? Emotions from the year of COVID, your business is failing. Like what emotions are you holding on to? Your spouse ticked you off 12 months ago and you're still holding on to that. Can't believe she did that. I can't believe he did that. You're holding on to it. You had that abortion, even though you knew you probably shouldn't, but people were pressuring into you and you're holding on to the bitterness and the anger that you're feeling. You're holding on to the spouse that walked out or the spouse that died and you're angry at God and you're holding on to that and you're bitter so nothing of the future seems exciting because you're mad and you're irritated and you're annoyed and you're holding on to that. What feelings do you need to release so God can redeem? What do you need to hand over to him so he can heal you? It's not gonna be healed. It's not going to be redeemed if we're just holding on to it. Y'all, Jesus, if you keep reading like what happens after he's with his friends in the garden and he's praying and he's like, take this from me. What happens after that? Keep reading. 
some crazy stuff. Jesus is arrested and put on trial, mocked, beat, made fun of, killed. And he does all of that. He endured all of that for us. To offer each of us healing. Yes. To offer us healing, to offer us peace, to offer us comfort, to restore our relationships, to forgive us so we could forgive others. He did that for us. He endured all of that for us. As you read the Bible and as you look for ways like to see God moving, he will reveal himself to you. I don't know if you know that, but if you seek him out, you will find him. And as I have prepared this message and as I've been like, God, really help this click for me. Help this click. Uh, if I'm confident, God, I'll be able to share with others. If, if I can't get this to click within my own heart and mind, I just need you to help me here. And as I was doing that, as I was doing that, I was also doing just your typical like parent duty of like laundry. Anybody can relate to doing laundry? So I'm doing laundry. This is yesterday afternoon. I'm doing laundry. A room or two over is my daughter. She says, what are you doing? And I said, I'm doing laundry. Typically, I would just disengage in that moment because I'm not going to shout rooms away and have a conversation with her. But um, something was different this time around. It's God teaching me a lesson. But I'm doing laundry. What are you doing? Doing laundry. And she goes, why? <laughs> uh, this is going to be long. But I was determined to be more stubborn than her. I said, because we need clean clothes. Why? So we can go to church tomorrow. Why? I keep doing this because I literally was down in the laundry, like transferring it. Why? Because we need clean clothes. Why? So we can go to church tomorrow. Why? So we can praise Jesus and learn about him. Why? So we can be really good friends this week. Why? So people can see Jesus. We're good friends. When we're good friends, people see Jesus. Why? Literally, this keeps going, y'all. Well, I said, because we want everybody to know Jesus. Why? So we can, they can have a relationship with him. They can know him. Why? So they can go to heaven, Navy. Like, that's doctor. I was like, sweet. But I just had to pause for a moment. I had to put our clothes down. And I'm like, that's true. I am doing laundry so that people can go to heaven. That's good, that's funny. But seriously, hopefully when you do laundry this week, you think of me. <laughs> but seriously, when we, we were doing all of that, we do what we do so people can understand that Jesus is offering them healing and that Jesus is offering them peace and comfort and that he wants to restore our relationships and he wants to forgive us so we can forgive others. That's why he endured all that he endured. That's why those burdens, that's why he felt burdened because he was experiencing the human emotion of having to go through with some crap. 
but then also wanting to do it because he wants us to have healing and hope and peace and comfort and relationship with him and forgiveness. He was torn. And you know, it's really hard for me to understand. Maybe it's hard for you to understand too, why I do that. It's really hard to understand, but I know this to be true. I know that through the power of his spirit and through the power of his people and through the power of his word, he continues to do that every single day, every single day, over and over again. When we don't deserve it, when we're unlovable because we've allowed our unchecked emotions to erupt, when we're brats, we let our feelings get the best of us, he's still doing it. He loves us, he forgives us, he delivers us, and he does it again and again and again. And this is not just for y'all, this is for me. He will keep doing it. He will keep doing it. Jesus, I'm really grateful that your word, it's good stuff. When we read it, God, and when we look for you on the move, we can see you. And God, we see, we are, our minds are trying to understand all that you went through. Betrayal from friends, distress, pain, death. God, you did all of that for us. It seems so simple and it really is, but God help that simple truth plant itself in our mind and in our hearts so that we can fully believe that. I'm not sure God will ever understand it, but we can believe it. We can believe that you, oh, you work through our lives and you continue to do it over and over again. God, we're gonna praise you right now for all of the mountains in our life that you have moved, for all of the ways that you have proven yourself. So God, I ask that as we worship together on our feet right now, that you feel all of the praise and all of the glory that you deserve. God, we're thankful, amen.